Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. Today on the show, we will have Father James Morgan and Abby Boudin with us to talk about the Sacrament of Confession. Uh, it's our first time with Abby on the show, and she is uh, really wonderful. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. First, we have Dr. Bergwald here. Hello, time for Blue Bites with Dr. B. First Sunday Ooh, of Lent. You're just going to say it. Okay. Ooh. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> okay. what, what, what else would happen? Yeah. Uh, Never mind. Go for it, Dr. B. Um, first Sunday of Lent. Ah, uh, yes. The first reading is from Genesis, uh, and it starts this way. God said to Noah, so this is um, after the flood. Okay. Um, Genesis chapter 9, after the flood, the floods receded, uh, and Noah um, comes out of the ark with his family and all the animals and builds an altar to God. Um, and offer sacrifice. And God said, this is the reading, God said to Noah and to his sons with him, see, I am now establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you. And he goes on from there. So um, I don't know if this is the first occurrence. I'm not sure if it is the first actual occurrence of the word covenant in scripture. Mm. It's certainly, it's Genesis chapter nine. So it's one of the early ones. I thought I'd talk a little bit about um, the, the, the word covenant. I think you're probably just from some of the conversations we've had in mm-hmm. the past, somewhat familiar with um, covenant. I think for a lot of Catholics today who might have an idea of where we're going, um, it's Dr. Scott Hahn, who has really done mm-hmm. a great job of help popularizing the importance of covenant in scripture, but he's, um, and he would be the first to tell you that he did not invent this idea. Right. He's just been, for whatever reason, he's been the one who's really brought it to um, the the popular Catholic audience, right. if you will. Right. But covenant is, 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 if it's not the, it might be, it, there's an argument that's the idea, the key idea, the key theme that runs throughout scripture. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not the key theme or idea, it's, it's one, one of them. Of them. Yeah. So when you hear covenant, and again, I know that you know a little bit about this, um, Renee, when you hear, what is it, how does it strike you? Well, it strikes me as a promise. Okay. As opposed to? Uh, as opposed to not a promise. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's helpful. Bill, do you, do you have anything better yeah. than not Bill, a promise? No. Or, you know, what does it strike you That was a terrible answer. <laughs> <laughs> so... So a covenant as opposed to a contract, right? So, uh, you know, I was thinking that, but... Yeah. But you didn't want to say the smart thing. You wanted to say the... Right. I wanted to make sure not. Bill looked really smart today. That's good. That's good. Yep. Um, <laughs> You've done well. <laughs> so you. covenant versus contract, do you know the difference? Yes. Please. Uh, a covenant is basically um, a family agreement. It creates a family where a covenant or a contract create, is like a business agreement. Right. Right. Yeah. So contract happens when you go to the grocery store and you want the Snickers bar, you give them the cash, they give you the Snickers bar back. Right. That's a contract, but you're, you're yep. done. I'm out. <laughs> um, as opposed to a covenant, right. So where there is, there's a, fam, uh, there's a bond that's established like a familial bond. Right. Uh, so it very, it was an ancient near Eastern idea, but it's rooted ultimately in, in, in God's relationship with, with humanity through Adam and Eve first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here explicitly uh, with Noah again, as, as one of our, our common ancestors, sure. um, Noah, Noah and his family. So in, in a covenant, it's not just an exchange of goods and ex, it's an exchange of persons. Right. And the reason why this is important in scripture um, is because that's what God desires with us. Mm-hmm. 
he he through our baptism brings us into his family. We truly become not just metaphorically, not just Hallmark um, holiday card. We truly become sons and daughters, children of God the Father. We share by our baptism, by the grace of the other sacraments. We share in God's nature. We become divinized. I'm just going to put that out there. We're not going to have time to explain. Some people that, are like, oh! but we share, right? We share in God's own nature. We truly become the, what it means to be God. We get to participate. We don't become literally gods, obviously. Right. Um, I've been confused with a god before. No, no. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bill? Because they you called want... you Jesus Chris or or sometimes Chris gets Christ right. and yeah, right. it's All that terrible. Stuff. No, it's so, going to your head. <laughs> it's, right, but it's, we we share in God's own life, so He invites us into His family. So the idea of of entering into a deep bond with somebody else is really uh, an image of what God desires. For me, for you, but for all of us, that through our covenant with him, we might join in his family. I like that kind of family. Thanks, Dr. B. You bet. In the studio with me today, I have Father James Morgan, the rector of uh, the Cathedral of St. Joseph, and Abby Boudin, who is the um, faith formation, director of faith formation for the cathedral. Yep. Welcome, you guys. Uh, great to be here. Thank Thanks you, for coming yeah. in. Yeah. And, You're welcome. Uh, You're welcome. We're going to talk about um, confession today sure. since it is Lent. Uh, we are recording this on Fat Tuesday, but by the time <laughs> most people hear this, it will be Lent. So I, we have to enjoy today, and tomorrow we'll go into our penitential we do. season. We go into the desert yep. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> My absolutely. hand's already shaking. <laughs> 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 well, we're going to enjoy today first. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about um, uh, confession, yeah. um, a little bit of background about it, and um, maybe some, we're not going to talk about what we talk about in confession, but just some personal experiences with it, especially with Abby to kind of see what it's like for other people and if we have any fears or anything we need to deal with. Sure. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So Father Morgan, let's yeah, start with you. Yeah, you know, just a beautiful sacrament. Yeah. Just such a beautiful sacrament. and. I think if you ask any priest, they'll, you'd ask them, what do you enjoy most about your priesthood? And not all, but many of them will, will answer that, um, hearing confessions. I find that so it, bizarre. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but it, you know, it, it's such a privilege um, and it's a humbling experience to have people share with you the most intimate details of their lives. Sure. Right? And things that they don't want to anyone else right. to know. <laughs> and you get to hear them. And so to be there in uh, in persona Christi, to sit there in the presence of Christ, and to be able to receive um, all the you know the pain, um, the sinfulness, the desire to be healed, mm-hmm. the di- desire just to be forgiven, um, and you know to accept that, and then to offer that absolution, and here on the other end of that confessional, <sighs> it's just. <laughs> That's why it's such a beautiful sacrament. It's a big sigh of relief. It's a big sigh of relief, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And people forget, we got to go to confession too. So (laughs) I experience the same thing when I go in as anybody else. You You just go to another priest, right? You don't have to like go to the bishop or something. (laughs) No, please no. (laughs) Another priest, yeah. But you know you experience that fear and trepidation just like everybody else does. Yeah, yeah. It's not exactly an easy thing to do. So Um, can you explain where this sacrament was established in the Bible? Um, well, this is a you big know, question, always, I think, for people. You know, right, sometimes right. even even Catholics say, yeah. "Do I really have to do this?" Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
Well, all sacraments are either explicitly or implicitly established by Christ, mm-hmm. um, and we can find that in Scripture. Um, I would I would point to two, actually three, places in Scripture where it is explicitly um, described mm-hmm. by our Lord Jesus. Let's go to the first. The first is when he gives the keys to Peter. You right. know, Peter makes his confessio, his confession, that Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God, the one that uh, the world has been waiting for. And Jesus gives him the keys. And he, you know, implicitly, he explicitly gives him this authority. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it uh, over his church. And that when he makes those words, uh, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So there is a, there is a, um, um, a sort of a an inconspicuous um, um, designation mm-hmm. that um, confession is a part of that. Whatever right. sacrament is right. established, that's a part of it. So. Right. And then you have to go to. I think the one that we always point to is at the end of John's Gospel, John right. twenty-one. Um, he breathes the gift of the Holy Spirit upon them. You know, whose sins you forgive are forgiven. So that breath of the Holy Spirit is the authority. He's given them the power right. to do that. Yeah. Right. That, that's that's a critical one, you know, well, because and I think, it I th- is that authority. Yeah, I think the key there, too, is that um, sometimes you'll hear people say, well, that doesn't mean we have to tell them, but they can't forgive sins if they don't know what they are. Exactly. Right. So they yeah. do have to be known mm-hmm. to the priest or to, you know, of course mm-hmm. they're known to God, but they need to be known it's, to the priest for that they, forgiveness they to happen. They have to be spoken. Right. Because all creation came into being through a word. Oh, that's a good way Jesus to put Christ it. himself is the word, the logos. Right. So there is this, there's something about, you know, the, the real physical act of speaking and mm-hmm. communicating. We are social beings, we're relational beings. That's how God created us. Um, but there's something even more theological, right? Mystical right. about this whole idea of the spoken word. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. good and bad, you right. know? Right. Um, the spoken word creates and the spoken word can recreate. Or oh, yeah. restores, the better right. way as I like right. to put it. Yeah. So there's that one in John. The last one I want to refer to is more of Christ's catechesis. So okay. um, the uh, story of the paralytic in Mark's gospel. Um, you know, they drop him down through the, the roof oh, right. of, the, of the house. Um, Jesus uh, knows what the Pharisees are thinking about him. And so he forgives his sins. And that really puts him on edge that he forgives them. <laughs> yes, he forgives the paralytic sins. I'm sure the paralytics lay laying there like, my sins, we're kind of loud. I can't walk. Can you just, can you heal me? He's just on the bus. So I can get up and walk around. Okay. Um, but he does that for a purpose. So only God, and this is so we're we're you know, Mark is really focusing, and Matthew does too, on the sort of Jewish aspect of this. Mm-hmm. You know, what what what's the foundation that we've had of God's revelation from the very beginning? Well, it's been the law right. and the prophets and handed down to the chosen people and Christ forgives sins. And they go, oh my gosh, that's blasphemy. Only God can do that. Right. That was the belief. Only God can do it. Well, Christ is God. Right. So he's establishing himself as God, but he's also a true man. Right. So the minute that he does uh-huh. that, I forgive your sins. I heal you. Get up and walk. The minute he does that, he allows that authority from above working through him as true God and true man to now be given to other men, 
to forget. I have not heard that before. I've never I love heard that. that before either. Yeah, yeah, that's fabulous. I'm not sure if I've heard that before too. I kind of just <laughs> did you just make I'm that sure up? I read, no, I'm not. I didn't make it. I'm sure I read it someplace here, but but I really it's something that I I, I really like to. Uh, um, uh, it, it, it speaks volumes, I think, yeah. to a lot of people who say, "Why do I have to confess my sins to a priest?" Right. Well, there you go. Yep. Because Jesus Christ Himself said, "This is the ordinary way of doing it. The mm-hmm. ordinary way of doing it." Yep. Yep. I think that's really important. So, um, what are the benefits of going to confession? Because I mean, we know yes that we get our sins forgiven. Yeah. Okay. So, why does it matter? Why does it matter? Because yeah. first and foremost, um, it um, a confession as a healing sacrament, as I said, restores us once again. But it matters because um, it, you know, all of the spiritual life is 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 obviously focused on eternal life, getting to heaven. Um, and the only way that we can do that is we have to be in relationship, and we have to be in proper relationship. Right. So confession restores us back to that proper relationship, and with you know imparting that grace of God's mercy and God's love. Um, uh, and and, and love, that's important to know that I'm loved because a lot of times we feel unloved when right. we sin. Mm-hmm. We don't think we can be forgiven. So once that you know that is restored, we grow in relationship, and then the relationships gets larger and larger and larger. So we have a greater desire to follow right. the Lord with all our heart, mind, and strength. Yeah, as Jesus says. So that's why it's important because not just because we want our sins forgiven, but no, we want to get under the right path. Mm-hmm. Towards holiness, right? Right. We right. want to walk the path mm-hmm. of holiness, right? And, and and that's what confession does. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, it it puts us back to where we belong. Yeah. And it really does give you a sense of relief, which is great. Oh, you know, <laughs> absolutely. I I like to say in the confessional, you know, liberation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Liberation. Very true. You can start all over again, and people yep. go, "Oh, thank you, Father. Yeah. You know, thanks, thanks. Yeah. Liberation, freedom. It's yeah. freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do we have to? Um, I shouldn't say have to. Should we go to confession for all manner of sin? Is there a requirement from the church? What what do we need to know there? For growth in the spiritual life, yes. Okay. For growth in the spiritual life, we should confession should be a regular practice. Okay. And I think that's just up to the individual. But you know, for some it's a week, two weeks. For some, it might be a month or two months. It depends upon the nature of your sin too. Sure. What what. We all have our sort of weaknesses and we have, I'll call them our addictions, quote unquote, that we know that we fall into. Um, sometimes that takes more frequent confession sure, to help us let go of that, you know, by the grace of God to sort of let go and to move on. So we shouldn't maybe like try to get through this sin and then go to confession, like like sins that are more habitual. Right. We should maybe yeah. go to confession and, and keep that's yeah. that's a hard yeah. one because yeah. you feel yeah. like you're you're going so, and you're repeating yourself over and over again. Right. And there's a fine line here because you know habitual sin we want to be able to um, uh, no not get over the habit and then go to confession but use confession as a means of getting over right. the habit um, the sinful habit. However, we can't be scrupulous. Right. Got to be careful of that that's a fine line. We cannot be scrupulous about things either. Right. You know, we've got to trust in the grace of God that when we fall again, um, by the grace of God, it, we're going to be moved. Um, uh, confession in itself of confessing this sin is going to is going to is going to move me to a different place where I right. should be in the spiritual life. Right. So that I don't get too caught up into it, and where the guilt takes over. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. Henry Nowen once said, "You know, we should concentrate less on the guilt of our habitual sins 
and concentrate more on how we can expand our love towards God, knowing yeah. knowing that this is a part of what we have to deal with. This is the cross we carry. Right. And at the same time, I think you have to be careful to not just go into confession, confession confess the sin, and have no intention of doing anything about well, that's it. That's true. Right. So there's you know, presumption. That's yeah. the other side of this. Yeah. So, so and um, that's difficult too because you may you may have every intention in that moment. <laughs> Two seconds after you walk out, you're like, "Yes, I know." Well, <laughs> how many of us have done that? Yes. We just walk out, and oh my gosh, Marie, yeah. um, But you know, there's such a thing as contrition, uh, perfect contrition, and imperfect contrition. Right. Um, and perfect contrition. I mean, my gosh, I'm not even sure that something like that would exist. You know, For, I mean, all of us are, are, are coming to the, the sacrament with imperfect contrition. Yeah. Um, um, you know, we want to try as hard as we can. Yes, we want to amend our life. That's the whole purpose. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you're just joining us, I'm talking to Father uh, James Morgan uh, and Abby Boudin about confession today. So, Abby, um, I'm going to skip around a little bit because I want to bring you into the conversation. Um, so, you uh, work with mostly adults or do you work with young or um, everybody? Yeah, I am all ages. I okay. have our religious mm -hmm. ed all the way up through RCIA. Families, all kinds of fun stuff. Okay, you got catch-all group. Sure, uh, does. Uh, nice. The, I've I've heard the DRE term referred to as the director of religious everything. So <laughs> I think that's probably a fair assumption. <laughs> I think you're probably right. <laughs> and and so, the cathedral, especially, tell her your your title you got on your little nameplate. Uh, I have a little nameplate in my office that says chaos coordinator. So. <laughs> that sounds right. Yep. <laughs> Someone has to organize that over there, right? <laughs> um, okay. So have you experienced, um, well, let's, what do you experience before and after you go to confession? Because I'm sure you obviously are Catholic. You work for the, not that working for the church means you go to confession all the time because that does not necessarily mean anything. <laughs> but what do you, in your experience, have you felt? Well, I think, so before I go to confession, um, I tend to have a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. um, I feel very weighed down. Um, and also, you know, there's always kind of an attempt to justify the things that oh. I'm carrying and say, oh, well, I know this person's done something much, much worse. So I'm like, I'm fine. And yeah. so kind of trying to justify that. And obviously right. that's, that's the evil one stepping in and trying to prevent you from confessing, from yeah. confessing and yeah. from, you know, wiping the slate clean. Right. Um, but I think it was at our staff retreat um, earlier this school year. Was it Father Lichter? Father Mark Lichter, correct. Um, he gave us a talk about, um, you know, he mentioned to his staff, you know, sometimes you got to tell me if I'm like, if I'm maybe a little off, he said, just tell me, father, it's time <laughs> to go to confession. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so, and I, that really struck me. And mm -hmm. so I've been able to kind of find some people that hold me accountable a little bit. Oh, that's good. Um, so that's been very helpful. Um, but then kind of during and after going to confession, um, I've started to develop this trust in knowing that, you know, even when I fall, my heavenly father is still there with open arms waiting right. to mm -hmm. welcome me back. Right. It's like when a, when a young child is learning how to walk, you know, oh, sure. They're, they're never going to get it on the first try. Right. But the parents are always there, arms <laughs> out, waiting to pick their child up and help them continue yeah. walking their path. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. a great analogy. It is. Mine is, uh, I dread working out or exercising. Yep. <laughs> I don't do it, <laughs> but, but it's that you dread it. You dread it. But when you do it, 
you feel so much better afterwards. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of very similar as exercising your spiritual muscles, maybe. Exactly. That's a good, I like that analogy. That's a, that's a perfect analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also noticed that um, after I come out of the confessional, I start to realize how my sin was affecting other parts of my life. Oh, sure. And I kind of start to find the root of where those things are coming from and finding healing in the sacrament to um, make those adjustments as I need to. Yeah. So you use it really to um, improve your yourself each time. Yeah. 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 And That's a good point. I like what you point out about the root of sin. Because, uh, you know, it, it, sometimes confession can just be a list. We do this mm-hmm. laundry list. But uh, no, you know, the we are to actually, you know, look into ourselves, become very introspective to find out where's this emanating from? Where's this coming from? Because we all got wounds too. Mm-hmm. You know, from growing up, we all got wounds in our relationships, past, present, you know, uh, and they'll be there in the future too. But to find the root of that sin can help move us beyond. It really can. Right, right. So that's restoration, liberation, yeah. and then, re- you know, restoration. Yeah. Um, was there a time when you kind of avoided confession at all? I feel um, like most of us have <laughs> had that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> can you yep. talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I, growing up, I just, I think part of it was I never fully understood the importance of it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really understand what it helped with and how it could heal me. Um, So like you mentioned earlier, you know, I kind of had this mentality of, you know, why do I need to say this stuff out loud? Like, (laughs) I I know what I did wrong. I already feel bad about it. Why do I have to go? (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, I didn't really understand the importance of it. And I was kind of in my comfort zone of like, I was living in this, but I didn't, I was kind of afraid of all of the changes I was going to have to make Mm. when I started confessing those things. That's a good point. And so it was, it was hard for me to kind of get over that hump. Mm. Um, When I started getting really involved in the Newman Center at, I went to school at Iowa State. Sure. Um, So that. So did my husband. Oh, awesome. Go Cyclones. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I started getting involved at the Newman Center and again, found that ca- accountability to, um, you know, I, I had friends that were going very regularly and mm-hmm. that was a big change for me. Sure. And so they were very gentle with me and invited me, but didn't push me. And so I finally kind of, I hate to use the word habit, um, but I but I got more comfortable right. with the idea of, okay, yes, I recognize what this is doing. Yeah. And so I need to. I need to find healing. I need to go to the divine physician. Yeah. I think, was that St. Augustine that said that? Yep. Yes. St. Augustine, yes. correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a that's a good point. The, um, oh, what did you say? Now I'm going to forget. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad thing to do on radio. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, you know, there's just so much relief, I think, in, in and we do get in this like comfort zone of thinking, oh, you know, I can go to confession later. Yeah. It'll it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm what you said earlier about, well, it's not that bad. So this person does it. I think there's so many traps we fall into to mm-hmm. steer us away from confession and keep us from going. And I know that's happened to me many times. So And then sin can be rationalized and then it becomes normalized. Yes. Mm-hmm. It yes. becomes normal. So that's why there's a need for regular confession in the spiritual life. Yeah. If all of the spiritual life is a growth in holiness, you know, towards heaven, towards eternal life, then regular confession is just so important because, yeah, we'll, we'll normalize our sin. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's all we'll do. 
Exactly. And I I kind of felt like I got to a point where I recognized that I was living kind of a mediocre version mm-hmm. of what I could have been living. Yep. Um, and that that came from you know getting involved in going on retreats and yeah. kind of immersing myself in the faith. But yeah, I just kind of hit a brick wall and I was <laughs> and I thought you know I I can't continue unless I wipe the slate clean right. and allow more room for mm. myself to absorb yeah. the faith around me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just remembered what it was I was thinking of is the, it's the fear of having to change something. Yes. I think yeah. that's huge because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, how do I change it? Can I change it? It's easier to just sit in it. Well, yep. That's that. But, the whole, but it's not easier. Yeah. It's, it's, that's it's, the whole idea of yeah. when you cling to that false security, right? Yeah. And it's a false security. We're, we're afraid that if we let go of it, I'm not be able to survive. Right. I'm not going to be who I am. Right. You know? But what's a, on the other side is so much better. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's yeah. what we have to trust in, in the Lord's words, you know, yeah. that mm-hmm. what's on the other side is truly better. Yep. So um, I think one last thing I really want you to speak to real quick. Uh, we have about a minute or so. Um, can you give people some tips on doing their examination of conscience? Maybe a little bit from both of mm-hmm. you, because this is important yeah. to do before you go in. Yeah. Um, I know one thing that's really helped me is printing out mm-hmm. a, an examination. Um, I tend to use one that's based on the 10 commandments. Yeah. Um, print it out. And even if you want to reuse it, just very lightly kind of use a pencil and mark the things that you need I'm to confess so because I that. go in and I forget. <laughs> yes. And so, and I, I bring the paper in with me, mm-hmm. um, use that list. And then when I'm done, if sometimes if I just write out a physical list, I'll even take it out and kind of have that, Physical, you know, I'm going to shred this or right. I'm going to burn this or whatever it is it's to kind now. of, yeah. you know, have that closure and mm-hmm. let those things go. Um, otherwise, just marking things on an examination to allow yourself to, I mean, sometimes you get in there and you're tempted to say, okay, these are the main things. And then all the stuff that <laughs> I forgot, I'm just going to not say it, but yes. I'm going to, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's certainly something that's helped. Um, and also just making time to sit down and actually do an yes. examination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Maybe not two seconds before you walk in. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you stand it in line, like <laughs> right. writing things down. Yeah. Um, I and, think that's important. Yeah. And yeah. the third thing is that um, I've found so much help with having kind of an accountability buddy. You know, like when you start a mm. new workout routine and sure. you, you have you have a workout buddy. Yep. It's the same kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I have a couple of people that I can rely on and we – Make a an appointment together. Obviously, you don't go into the confessional together. <laughs> um, no, but show, like you know, carpooling there, standing in line yeah. together, and huh. kind of holding each other accountable. Yeah, um, has been very, very helpful for me. Yeah, good I tips. Like Anything you want to add? Yeah, Adam just uh, with you know, uh, 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 taking the time. It should be a part of your prayer life. Mm-hmm. So that, as I said before, uh, prior. That we're not just asking what I did, what did I do wrong, what did I omit or commit. But asking, why did I do that? Yeah. Why am I doing this? Why is this sin or that sin occurring? Yeah. So you can get down to the root of what's happening yep. instead of just and really make list. change. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's the name of the game, I think. And it helps you to experience grace and mercy that yes. much more. Yeah. And God's love for you. So. Yeah. Great. Thank you both for coming oh, in welcome. today to talk yeah. about confession. Probably one, yeah. You're probably like, oh, <laughs> confession. I, I don't know. <laughs> Especially huh? you, Abby. That was very brave. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, it was you guys. great. Wonderful, Renee. Great. Yeah. Loved it. 
All right. Uh, next week, we will have Bishop DeGroote in the studio with us again. Ooh. We're going to talk about uh, his first year as bishop. It's been a little bit of a wild year for a brand new bishop. Um, but we'll talk to him, see uh, how his year went, and what he's looking forward to here in the future. So uh, that's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic News.